This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillahi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we send blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his household, his companions. We ask Allah to bless them, to bless every one of us and to grant us goodness. Ameen. My beloved children, it's important for me to make sure that we're all on one page by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This morning, at this beautiful forum, I will be addressing a very, very important topic. And the topic that I have chosen to speak to you about is navigating through the distractions. Navigation through? You are already distracted. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant you ease. Navigating through? Distractions. I'd like you to respond when I ask you something, inshallah, because... We are speaking to a school and a group of schoolboys at the moment. Don't you consider yourself a schoolboy? MashaAllah. You know, in life, the first thing we need to understand and realize is who made us and why are we here and where are we going? That is absolutely important. Remember this. Who made us? Why are we here? And where are we going? And wallahi, it is Islam that has the explanation. Yes, Musa alayhi salam came with it as well. Isa alayhi salam came with it as well. So the Jews and the Christians would also have answers to that. If these answers are according to the original scriptures, we will have the same answers. But if they are tampered with, we will differ in answers. So let's say, why are we on earth? That's a question that we all ask ourselves. Where did we come from? And where are we going? When you realize that when you came onto this earth, you came with absolutely nothing. Nothing. The clothes you have now, you didn't have them. Naked, completely. And when you leave, you're going to leave just with a shroud. That shroud is because of the honor of the children of Adam, the honor of the human being. Adam. Allah says we have honored the human being. When we say Banu Adam, we're talking of humankind, the children of Adam. Allah has honored us. Therefore, when you are leaving, He doesn't just say, just bury them naked as they came. Although, for all practical purposes, we don't have our clothing on, but we are enshrouded. So, why is it that while we're on earth, while we're on earth, you know, the financial, economic levels, the levels of strength, the levels of everything else fluctuate. They go up and up and sometimes down in certain matters and certain issues, up and down. And it's a whole struggle throughout our lives and then we die. There is nobody, nobody on earth who does not struggle in a certain way. You can be the wealthiest person, you can be the most good-looking person, the most powerful person, the most popular person, something, somewhere, somehow, or many things would actually go against what you want in order to prove to you that there is someone who is in control besides you. Remember this. 
I'm sure you've seen wealthy people pass away. I'm sure you have colleagues your age who've died. Am I right? Put up your hands if you know someone who was at the school who's passed away. Put up your hand. If you know someone who was at the school who passed away, put up your hand high. There goes. Which means they were and they are. And we are fortunate and we hear stories every single day of people going, where are they going? Without knowing and answering and keeping, you know, keeping that question in mind, we're not going to be able to focus. We're going to be distracted completely. Look, you were made, and I'm going to answer you in a way that nobody can deny, right? You were made by a maker. He made you. Can anyone say no? You were made by a maker. Besides those who don't believe at all in the fact that we were made. There are some who say, no, it was nature and natural. Just like the school just happened to appear here naturally. No one put it up. The same way there are some people who believe that yes, mankind who's more sophisticated than the school was actually also just, you know, suddenly plopped out of nowhere. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. But it's okay. They can believe what they want. We're on earth. After all, they are answerable to Allah, not to us. But we will discuss the matter. According to us, we were made by a maker. We're going to go back to the same maker. Why did he leave the lifespan of humankind seven decades only on average? Seven decades. You are still in your second decade. Am I right? Most of you are just below 20, which means you haven't even crossed the second one. Maximum, you got another few to go. Five. If you're very lucky, you go a little bit beyond that. Subhanallah. If you're focused on the day that you're going to leave, your distractions will be less. But if you focus on the temporary time, you're going to be here without even knowing at what age you're going to go. You're going to forget that focus is going to go because you're concentrating on something temporary that you have to leave behind. When a person has a car, the Almighty has kept it such from the beginning to now. When you have some possession, there comes a time when it becomes outdated. You yourself don't want it anymore. You can pray today to have the latest car. What's the latest car? Say something. What would you like to have? Say. Guys, you are boys. Don't pretend like you don't want to have a car here. Yes, say a name. Say it again. Ferrari, mashallah. Ferrari 2020, let's say by next year, if you have it. I promise you within one year, you're going to say, hey, I want the 2021. I want the 2022. Within a few years, you'll say, I don't want this, book, this Ferrari, I need another one. Subhanallah. Why? It's Allah showing you that these things are so temporary, what you prayed for also within one year, you won't want it. So much so that when you die, you actually will, will not want a thing that was available in this world because it's not even going to come across with you. It doesn't qualify to go into Jannah. Not a thing. Yes, the people, I agree. But the things, you won't even remember them. i give you one example. We were all born. Do you remember the day when you were in your mother's womb? Anyone? No one. Right? You don't remember it. Do you remember when you were swimming all alone in the wombs of your mothers, believing that this was my world? Wow! Beautiful place. You don't remember. Do you remember when your mother used to eat sweets and chocolates? I'm just guessing, okay? And you used to like that protein coming in, tasting sweet. And you say, oh, wow, this is lovely. I wonder what it is, man. Do you remember that? You don't. Do you remember as you grew a little bit bigger? And what happened? 
your world became a bit smaller. You don't remember that. When we were little, when you were little, when we were small, the distance from here to that door used to be a lot, but it was the same. But because we were small, it was like running the marathon. Now, a few steps and you're there. The same applies in your womb. As you grew bigger and bigger and there was less and less space, what happened to you? I'm giving you an example. If those who didn't believe we were made by a maker, they would probably have believed at that stage that there is nothing in existence besides this life. And that was the life in the womb. Nothing in existence besides this life. There's nothing beyond it. And they didn't realize that there's only a thin membrane between them and the real life after that, which is something that we cannot describe whilst we're in the womb. Because nothing in the womb is outside and nothing from outside is in it. Totally separate. You're following what I'm saying? I hope you're listening. And then you, when you couldn't move and you were thinking, that's it, it's all over. Then what happened? It was all over. But imagine if you were twins and one was a Muslim and he said, hey, no, 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 there's still a life to come. And the other one says, no, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. It can't be. And then suddenly, boom, when you came out to the, what? This is the real world out there. Phew, I didn't even realize. This place is so huge compared to your womb that you've forgotten every detail of that womb. You can't even remember it. The, that protein that used to make you excited in that amniotic fluid is no longer relevant. You can't even remember it. You don't even want to know it. If someone presented it to you today, you'd probably puke. But you came out into the real world. And you know what Allah says? Same thing is going to happen to you again. The membrane between us and the akhirah is like the pulling of a hair. That's it for a mu'min. It's called sakarat. Just like labor has its pain, death has a similar pang. Just like labor differs from person to person, some five minutes, some five days, some a week, they're in labor. The same applies to sakarat. Some in a few seconds, they're gone. And some, it takes them longer and longer. So what is the common factor? You're going from one type of life to another. So we will be going to another. And you know what is so scary? The scary part is not that we're going to go into the akhirah. We have hope in Allah and His mercy. The scary part is we don't know when we're going. That's the scary part. Just like how they tell you, you know, you're approximately nine months. And then they say, do any time now. Any time now means what? You don't know. Some people are prematurely born. A lot of the premature births, they were, when they came into the world, they were little, very small. You could fit in a hand. And later on, they become bigger than those sometimes who are actually normal births. It's just Allah. Allah. So when we lose focus, now why did I start this way? I've said this quite a few times in recent lectures, this example, because it is a reality. When we suddenly believe, hey, terminally ill and you know, you're going to go and whatever else and then boom, you're in a world, in a life, in not a world, but a life. We call it both worlds because that's how we term it. But it's a life after, after what we call death. That is the eternal life. We're going to be there forever and ever. And when you're there, the hadith says you get into Jannah. In it, there is that which no ears have heard about, no eyes have ever seen, and it's never crossed the thought of a human being. 
Just like the first one. Never crossed your thoughts. Now you came into this life after death. But guess what? Just like you want fuel, you've got to stand in the fuel queue back in Zimbabwe. And then when you get to the front, you have to pay. You've got to pay in a currency that is acceptable. The currency of the hereafter is deeds. I promise you. We amass the rand and the dollar and we are excited because we can then purchase a house after so many years that costs a million rands and we are so happy that mashallah we've got a house not realizing we're only going to live there for a few years and thereafter go to the eternal home that we haven't even prepared for yet. So we lost focus while we were at school. You know what we used to do? We used to get excited to smoke cigarettes and when we heard weed was legalized we started with the weed. Subhanallah. And we were justifying it. Ah, these ulama, what do they know? This is so healthy. It's healthier than normal cigarettes. What do they know? If they knew the benefit of it, they would be the first ones in it. I've heard these things. And then what else? We get distracted. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya bani Adam la yaftinannakumu ash-shaytanu kama akhraja abawaykum min al-jannah O son of Adam O humankind don't let shaytan distract you don't let shaytan distract you in a way that he did to your forefather Adam removing them from the goodness and bliss that Allah had blessed them with, Jannah. So we need to realize on earth, let me be focused. You know what? You carry yourself with utmost respect while navigating through these distractions. The distraction of the devil was there. It's part of the plan of Allah. You need to prove your connection with Allah. That's what we are here for. Because we know we came from Him, we're going to go back to Him. We're on earth in order to prove ourselves to Allah. That's why I'm on earth. I'm on earth to prove myself to Allah. That's my focus and that is going to be right up to the end. And the same applies to all of us. You are here to prove yourself to Allah, no one else. Don't forget what I've said today. You are here on earth to prove yourself to Allah. Your maker. He made you. He's going to take you back. He says, just prove yourself. All the distractions are there. The good things are there. People say, well, if Allah didn't want us to commit adultery, then why did he make it so accessible? That's because, subhanallah. You know, let me ask another question or say it in a different way. If Allah didn't want you to commit sin, why did he make sin? And people say, good question. I'll tell you something. You guys have written exams, right? Examinations. You have something called multiple choice. What does the teacher do? Intentionally puts four wrong answers and one right one. Why? To test you that are you going to do the right thing? Did you, do you know what we told you? We taught you. You've covered the syllabus. You know that one plus one is two. We will intentionally say one plus one, A, two, B, three, C, four, D, eleven, E, Zero. You've seen that, right? What are you going to do? You can't say, sorry sir, why did you put the wrong answer here if you really didn't want us to tick off the wrong answer? Same question you were asking about Allah. Why did you make pork haram if you didn't want us to eat it? Why did you even create the pig? Subhanallah. Why do you even have alcohol if you don't want us to drink it? Well, now you have your answer. Allah says, you know the right answer. There's multiple choice here. You just got to tick the right one. Finished. 
the rest are there. Allah tests you. And He will test us too. But these type of questions the young, they ask. And yes, I agree. It's quite simple to answer it. But you need to know. I promise you, if I were to die today, would I have pleased Allah or not? That's a question. We can all die today. None of you can get up and say, I can't die. And people don't like to talk about death. You know why? They want you to lose focus. They want you to lose focus. And they want the distractions to overtake you. So remember, there are three things that you need to develop in order to succeed. There are three things that you need to develop in order to succeed. You ready for number one? Are we ready? Guys at the back, you ready for number one? You ready for number one? Okay. Number one, develop your relationship with Allah and His Rasul. There's no chance that you can ignore that. The one who made me, I came on my own. I was in the womb on my own. He decided to send me. I came to the world and I'm going to go and be buried on my own. I will be resurrected on my own. Everyone is going to be worried about himself and himself. And you know what? On that day, I just need Allah to be with me. The day you die and the day you're buried, if Allah is with you, you don't need anyone else. If Allah is not with you, you have lost even if you have everyone else. So the first, the cornerstone of any success in this world or the next is development of relationship with your maker, with Allah and His Rasul. They come there. And why we say Allah and His Rasul is because Rasul ﷺ was chosen by Allah to send, to give us that message. He was the messenger of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, the best of creation, the most noble of all prophets of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when we talk of developing relationship with Allah and His Rasul, primarily we worship Allah alone. We follow the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, we make sure that our five pillars of Islam are in order. Your salah, you cannot miss it. Allah blesses you with so much. And He may, like I said, everyone goes through struggles. When He blesses you, He wants you to get close to Him. But people, when they are blessed, turn away from Allah, the distraction. When He tests you, He wants you to get close to Him. When He tests you with negativity, say your health has failed. He will test you to the point where you almost think the wrong answer is right. But he says, stick to the right one. When Allah gives you, He wants you to get close to Him. When Allah takes away from you, He wants you to get close to Him. But people, when they get, they turn away from Allah. When they are sick and ill, they turn away from Allah at times. It should be the other way around. A true believer, you get, you thank Allah. It's taken away from you, you thank Him twice. I always say, you know, when things happen your way, you must say Alhamdulillah, because it means Allah wanted things to happen that way too. And when things don't happen your way, you must say Alhamdulillah two times, because now your owner has taken over and he knows what's best for you. He knows what you don't know. Don't become despondent. Like I said, everyone goes through struggles. If we had to quit the worship of Allah because of the struggles we faced, nobody would worship Allah on earth. And we would have lost the akhirah. But it's the plan of Allah. So that's developing relationship with Allah and His Rasul, sallallahu By doing your ibadah, abstaining from haram, 
abstaining from haram. When I am concerned about halal food, when I'm concerned about that which is halal and haram, it shows my connection with who? With Allah. And I will reap many benefits. I don't want to talk about those benefits today, but I'm just encouraging you and telling you that you know what? The first duty and the first quality that is required for success in this world and the next is your development of relationship with Allah and His Rasul. Trust me, nobody has succeeded without that. Nobody. So when you see people who are seemingly successful, if they have a relationship with Allah and His Rasul, they are truly successful. And if they don't have that relationship, they may appear to be temporarily successful, but they don't have a future. They don't have it. Take a look at big, big names you know of the wealthiest on earth today. And the, the, those who can kick the ball the best on the globe, whatever their names are. Some of them are reasonable people. Those from amongst them who have a relationship with Allah and His Rasul, their success will be much more. In fact, it will be everlasting. It goes into the hereafter. The others, Allah says it's okay. On earth, we will give them. لَا يَغُرَّنَّكَ تَقَلُّبُ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا فِي الْبِلَادِ Don't let what we have given the kuffar in terms of facility of this world and provision of this world, don't let it deceive you. Those are provisions that are temporary, Allah says. Temporary. When you see someone and they've got a lot, but they are earning the anger of Allah, it has to come to an end. That's the first quality, developing your relationship with Allah and He's Rasul Wasallam. Are we listening? Are you listening to what I have to say? Can I go to the second one? This side is listening, mashallah, more attentively than this side. I think there are less blue jackets on this side. Mashallah. Now we're talking, right? Now we're talking. May Allah grant us ease. Without even knowing I said it. Maybe they are scared of their teachers. The second, developing your relationship with your family. Allahu Akbar. You don't like your family, but your family is what Allah says. You want success. It starts with your mother and your father. Allahu Akbar. As much as you might not like the old lady, but she is your door to Jannah. MashaAllah. Allah, if He didn't want, He wouldn't have put her in the picture, but He chose her as a test for you and a test for her. Allah says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا إِيَّاهُ وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا Allah has decreed and decided that you shall worship none but Him and that you shall be good and kind to your parents. What's the connection? What's the connection? There is a very strong link between the two. That's why Allah speaks about them. I asked you in the previous point that we mentioned, who created you, right? It was Allah. How did He choose to create you? Through a mother. Who chose that mother? Allah. Thank you. So the connection. 
I was created. The means that Allah chose to bring me onto earth, my mother. It's a test. She could be Muslim, not Muslim, sinful, not sinful. She could be good or bad, tall or short, dark or fair. No matter who, what, where, when, all of that becomes irrelevant. It is your mother. That is your father. Make dua for them. Even if they are bad, you won't follow the evil that they may ask you to do. Or you won't follow their bad habits. But... It's still your mother. It's still your father. They could be divorced. But that's still your mother and that's still your father. Allah is going to test you. How's your heart in relationship to your mother and father? And what I said, point number two, was not only mother and father. Your family. Your siblings. You need to treat them with respect. You have a short time on earth with them. Very short. Some people's siblings are lost at an early age and others are allowed to grow to old age and their siblings are still around on earth. It's all a test from Allah. Appreciate them. Understand that there is a relationship that Allah wants you to have with them. And Allah tells you to fulfill the rights of your family members. When Islam came and the Prophet ﷺ was instructed to convey the message, he was first told, start with your family members. Warn, warn those from your ashira, those who are close to you, these people from the same family unit, the same tribe, the tribes at the time connected to one person. These are all that person's children. When they say Banu Hashim, they're talking of the children of Hashim. But there's a children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren. Imagine if each one of them had seven sons and seven daughters. How big would that family become within four generations? There'd be more than a few hundred people or thousand perhaps. Your family is very important. When you go home, serve them. Do something every day at home that will result in Allah being pleased with you. We have lost this. Today we go home, we're on our phones, we, we get angry because you know what? You are distracting me. From what? From the distraction itself. You're on your phone with who? I don't even want to say who. Allah grant us ease. And your own mother. See, someone said, I mean, as though we said, Waladdalin. Did you hear that? So your own mother is sometimes calling you. It's true, mashallah, because they are those who are astray. So that's what we are saying. <laughs> your own mother is calling you, your sisters, your siblings, there are things to be done. Many of us are so lazy in our homes, we don't make our own beds. You get up in the morning, there's no bed. Why? I get away. Ah, the maid will do it, this one will do it, that one. No. Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, you get up, you, your bedding must be sorted out by yourself. You must sort out, you help at the house, in the home, you try, you do things. The Prophet ﷺ was, oh, was busy helping his family members every time he had free time. That's what he would do. When Aisha anha was asked, what did the Prophet ﷺ used to do in his free time? You know what she said? She said he used to be busy meeting the needs of his family members. He would help. He would do things, the chores and the errands. And he was the messenger of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is the messenger of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who are we? We get angry, agitated. Cut your time on your cell phone, please. 
Wallahi, you will succeed. Cut your time on your cell phone. Cut your time on your cell phone. Did you hear what I said? I'm talking of distractions. It's one of the biggest distractions. Yes, it has a good use to it as well. But many of us, we waste our time. I'm not saying doing bad. Doing bad is out. But waste our time. And then what happens? Shaitan starts coming with other things. Little advert, a little this, a little that. Then you click on it. Then you got to click again. Then you got to click again. Then there's a rupari poiri on the other side and you got a problem. May Allah grant us ease. It's a big problem. And then suddenly you say, no, it's just, so what? We're just friends. We're just buddies. Nothing wrong going. That's the beginning. That's the step. And after that, you're distracted. Your results at school flop. Madrasa flops. Your salah flops. Everything else flops. Oh, by the way, there's another distraction. But she actually wakes me up for tahajjud, you know. That's a step. You know, she's made me a better Muslim, you know. Subhanallah. When Allah told you get up, you didn't get up. But when your girlfriend told you get up, you were up. What does that mean? Allahu Akbar. May Allah help us. That's why I started off by telling you develop your relationship with Allah and His Rasul. And thereafter, the next one, your family. Your family comes first. The day you get married, inshallah, soon, some of you might be married. The day you get married, you know what? Your spouse takes preference and importance, a lot of importance. Your mother and father have their own level. And your spouse has her own level, subhanallah. These levels don't clash. They're not supposed to be clashing. But you need to know, if you didn't have the time, and if you were not going to make the effort, why did you end up getting married? That's all. And I hate it when boys come and say, look, I have to get my nikah done, otherwise I'm going to fall into haram. Okay? On one side, it sounds like a good statement, but the other side, you've reduced marriage to sex. Done. Did you hear what I just said? Because you say, look, it's like you're standing and saying, look, I need to get married, otherwise I'm going to do haram. I mean, what are you trying to tell me here? Subhanallah, you're just getting married so that that haram can become halal. After that, you say, goodbye, I need to divorce because now I need to do haram with someone else. So I better just do nikah. That's astaghfirullah. But this is the attitude. These are distractions where people try to halalize. Why? Because we're Muslims. We become, we are good people, inshallah. So we want to halalize things. I am saying, yes, marriage will facilitate that which used to be haram. It becomes halal. But that's not the only pointer. That's why hold it. Bear sabr, understand sometimes there is an age at which perhaps it's preferable for you to get married. The Prophet ﷺ acknowledges it by saying, And then he says, If you haven't arrived at that age or that capacity or capability, or you cannot afford it financially or any other way, fast. Keep Rosa. Subhanallah. Fast. So that's a solution. Doesn't mean you must just go and do whatever you feel like. May Allah grant us protection. So that was the second connection. I'm not going into too much detail because I want to give you a bit of time to interact. First point was develop your relationship with Allah and His Rasul. Second one was your family. Your family. Very important. Remember that. Respect your family members. Be an asset. A day will come when they will go or you will go. Either you go on earth to another place far off or you leave into the akhirah into the hereafter either way you are focused you will have benefited others and they will have benefited you you miss them and you make dua for them 
you must be an asset in your home. Don't raise your voice. Don't get angry. Don't swear. Allah is watching and you pay the price for it. You want to hear the third one and the last one? I said three points, the third one. If you want success, serve your communities. That's the third point. One is relationship with Allah and His Rasul. Two is relationship with family members. Three is relationship with community, society and the rest around you. That's it. How many of us have community awareness drives? We serve our community. Nowadays it's all about us, me, myself and I. That's what it is. And I want all the goodness for myself and for no one else. It's for me. It's for me. But that's not how it should be. Serve your community. You'll find Allah. Serve the poor. The Prophet ﷺ has told us that Allah has kept a great reward just by visiting the sick and the ill. Not for the free biscuits they give you, but by, by visiting them in order to elevate yourself to start with. You go there and you realize, subhanAllah, this person was so healthy. Look at where they are now. I am healthy today. I could be worse than that in a flash. That's why there's a reward to visit the sick and to actually follow the janaza. Because when you follow a janaza, the point that is supposed to be driven home is that next is me. This, this could be me, it will be me, it shall be me one day. That's the point. So this is why we must make sure that we reach out to the orphans and the widows all for the sake of Allah. What have you done to please Allah? Like I told you at the beginning, we are on earth to prove ourselves to Allah. You remember me saying that? This is how we prove ourselves to Allah. And I've mentioned it. So these are the three factors inshallah that I want you to inshallah concentrate on and by the will of Allah you will see a wholesome success wholesome success the world is not about running behind that which is flashy ignoring the instruction of Allah if Allah has bestowed you with the best and good stuff and top stuff and material items alhamdulillah for as long as you have not compromised your relationship with Allah and his Rasul your relationship with your family your relationship with your community you're heading in the right direction the minute you've compromised any one of those three you have not grown in a holistic way people who get a lot but they don't have community relations what happens to them they, they either come across very arrogant in fact if you have a business and you want to make money Allah has kept it such that you need others to buy from you some of the wealthiest of the lot, they made their money through selling products to the poorest of the poor. I'm not saying they ripped them off. No, they didn't. But they sold those products to them. So if there was no mutual respect, where do you want the barakah to come from and the blessings to come from? That's why when we are giving zakah, you know what we are taught? You're giving zakah to the poor. But you must thank Allah and be respectful to them. It is through them that Allah accepted your wealth in charity. If they were non-existent, your charities would not be accepted. And it's a sign of the hour. Sometime near the end of times, there will be so much wealth and people will be so rich, there won't be a place to give your zakah. One of the signs of the hour. You want to give charity. You go to a man and say, here's my 10,000 rands zakat. He'd say, what are you talking? I got 100,000 to give you, man. That's the type of 
The last time I spoke about that, the boys told me, they were boys again. I don't know, I'm saying it again to a group of boys. They said, I can't wait for that time. I said, why? Hey, we'll all be rich, man. So may Allah forgive us. Imagine what angle we look at things from. But it's okay. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless every one of us and grant us ease and goodness. I don't know how the Q&A is going to work. I have a seat over. Have a seat, sir. Okay. Barakallah feekum. And inshallah, I'll speak to you shortly. Assalamu alaikum.